Mark, the book of Mark, this morning in the Word of God, the book of Mark. The book of Mark, this morning in the Word of God. Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10 in the Word of God. Again, it's so good to be among the people of God and God helping us. So many of you heard the message I ministered, I entitled, Talk the Talk and Walk the Walk. And someone said to me, they said, hey, Pastor, I saw the, the title of your message. And Pastor, I know what this message is going to be about. It's going to be about your real walk with God. And I said to them, no, no, no. I said, no, I'm preaching on the issue of the heart when it comes to money. But to be honest this morning, the title of one of these messages is one of those titles, Talk the Talk and Walk the Walk. It has a two-edged sword to it. In other words, it has the ability to cut both ways into the issue of the heart, but also it deals with the real walk with God of every believer. Is anybody here this morning? I want to tell you something. We are living in a day and an hour. God help us not just to learn how to profess that I am a believer, God, but no, no, God, I'm going to walk for you, God. I'm going to serve you, God, a real walk with God. We live in the day and the hour where people don't understand what it is to have a right walk with God. It is not my definition this morning, nor my interpretation, but I want to tell you the word of God says there's a way you are to walk with God and serve God. Is anybody here, church? Think about this. Because you will hear people say things about their walk with God. I've heard them make statements from their mouth. But how many know this morning that your talk and what you profess, they ought to walk together in agreement. People that say these statements, they go, I am a believer. But I also, our lives should reflect that we are believers. People also say, Pastor Preacher, I have a personal walk with God. And when they say that, what they are saying is this, that the walk that I have with God it is real the walk that I have with God it is personal and what they're saying when I have a walk with God you have every right to see my walk with God how many know that your walk with God ought to not be a hidden walk with God I am not ashamed this morning that I am a believer I'm glad that men might know that I have a walk with God but think about this though. But just to say and speak that simply talking is not enough. I want to tell you this morning that there was a major concern in the heart of Jesus. And one of the concerns in the heart of Jesus was that men and women would not simply just have a talk, but their walk would matter. Because how many know people have learned how to talk, but they have not learned how to walk the walk. It's amazing to me and mind-blowing to me as, I say, as you see things going across the world, things coming across the media world. It's amazing. It's like they say one thing, but their life shows totally something different. You watch women these days, they'll go and they'll put all kinds of statuses, put selfies, they'll do this and that, and they even sometimes half-naked, and you're like, oh, and then Jesus is my Lord. I'm like, hold on. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, cover up. 
Was it another in that service? What I'm saying to you this morning is this. I want to tell you, your life ought to reflect what you say. That means this morning, everybody should be able to see you walk. And you can mark it down this morning. It mattered to the Son of God. I'm telling you, you see so many people, you know, events of life or pictures here or pictures there. They say one thing with their, with their, with their status. They say one thing with the scripture. But you can see what they say doesn't even connect. I want to tell you, God give us Holy Ghost men and Holy Ghost women, God, that do more than talking. God, I want to show I have a right walk with you. Listen now. It's sad because this has destroyed some of the impact that the kingdom of God should be able to bring to the world around us. Because people have lost their saltiness. I want to preach on the salty believer, a real walk with God. Is anybody here, church? Come on. Mark chapter 10. Go there, the word of God. Mark chapter 10. In the word of God, verse 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus came and said, Why do you call me good? But no one is good. That is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Come on, church. Help me pray. God, I come this morning once again, God, by your grace and by your mercy. God, I am so thankful this morning, God, for men and women, God, that are sitting in the house of God. God, for no man come, God, let the Spirit of God draw him. God, draw the souls of humanity, God, unto yourself. This morning, I pray, God, that you would bring conviction. God, you would stir the heart of the believer, God. God, our saltiness matters, God. Our lives matter. Not simply what we say, God, but our walk this morning. This morning, God, I do not come in my own ability, nor do I come, God, in my own strength. For, God, I have absolutely... No confidence in my flesh. Holy Ghost, I depend upon you and only you. And the of God this morning said, come on, believe God said, think about a vivid picture. Because one thing I've always appreciated about the Son of God and the Word of God is he always gives us a clear and a vivid picture. You know, here is the account of the rich young ruler. And the Bible said, as, as I've said in the past, that this is one of those stories that begins so beautiful and then quickly becomes so sad. But I want to show you something about Jesus in this particular event. We know that he is a rich young ruler and he's now going to run after Jesus. But I want to show you something that even matters this morning. That it doesn't, it's not just about running after the son of God. It's about walking with Jesus. Because the Bible says this man is now going to run and now he's running after the son of God. And we know, like I said last week, he's going to deal with the hidden issue. But even though there is a hidden issue, God still has a concern before he ever gets into the hidden issue. Look at this church. Because he's concerned that this young man that's now running after him, that if he is going to walk with him, 
He must uphold and he must walk and live a righteous life before God and before men. Think about this statement because you must understand this statement. Well, the Bible says in Matthew, you are the salt of the earth. See, Jesus Christ is giving a vivid picture of this. That those words that he said, he goes, you are the salt of the earth. That means something this morning and it ought to mean something to every child of God. Did you notice this? That salt does not talk. Salt is something that you see. It's like taking a salt shaker and you pour it out. You begin to see the salt come out. But the salt does not talk. See what he's saying about this to these men. He's saying, young man, I see you running after me. But it's not about just coming and running. I want to ask you, young man, do you not commit adultery? Do you not murder? Do you not steal? Do you? What he's doing? He's going down the line. He's telling the young man, if you're going to serve me, there is some right and there is some wrong. If you're going to follow me, there's right and there's wrong. It is a walk. A real walk with God. Not, hey, I'm a Christian, but your life doesn't reflect Christianity. I've learned so much being here in the nation of South Africa that I begin to pick up on some things and begin to understand. I'll share with you in just a moment. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ has a concern because your saltiness, somebody say saltiness, as a believer and as a follower is going to matter if you're going to be able to affect. See, Jesus Christ knew that inner man's trouble. But I want to tell you something. The reason why there's a concern about our walk when it comes to God, because God understands something, that no man lives and no man dies to himself. That means that who you are as a man who you are as a woman has the power to affect your family, has the power to affect your sons and your daughter, has the power to affect every coworker, has the power to affect your community. I want to tell you who you are as salt matters to the living God. Look at this church. He's concerned that men and women understand a real walk. You know, a real walk with God is a challenge. It is a challenge to live right, not just for ourselves. But let me tell you something. When you live right, you can impact and change the world around you. Listen to the scripture. When he said to him, have you kept the commandments? Can you see the concern? He goes, young man, I see you running after me. But I want to know something. Do you know how to keep what is right? He goes, because you could simply be coming alongside me. But just because you come alongside me and you say you walk with the Son of God does not mean you have a real walk with God. How many times do you know people? And how many people do you know and you've seen around the world that you see them and they talk scripture? They know how to quote a scripture. 
They know how to approach a chapter and a verse. How many times you've heard them say, oh, 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 I know God is speaking. Oh, oh, let me give you a word, brother. Let me give you a word, sister. And what's amazing, you hear all of this coming out of their mouth. But when you look at their life, there's no reflection of a walk with God. They've learned how to talk. But I want to tell you what matters to God more than talking is your walk with God. Are you hearing me now? Now look at this. The Bible says he's laid these things out. And Jesus had an incredible concern that our lives profess his name. See, Jesus' concern was having a real walk that could change the world around you. See, a real walk with God makes you a salty believer. That Jesus Christ would count on him to change the world around him. He's saying, young man, running after me and walking with me. That if your life is right, not just why you coming with me, but you being able to impact the people that are around you. I want to tell you something this morning. There are men and there are women this morning that are sitting here clothed in your right mind. I want to tell you why you're here and don't make no mistake about it. No, 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 preacher. I just made up my mind one day to come to church. I made up my mind one day to come to the house of God. Normally, that's not likely. You know what happened? You saw your mother, you saw your father, you saw a family member serve God year after year after year. And something inside of you said, hold on, they're not a talker, they're a walker. They said, oh, I've heard a lot of people say they go to church. But it's not about church, they got Jesus. In other words, they see this. And their family that are sitting here this morning and friends, you got saved because a long time you're watching your family. I want to see how long this is going to last. I want to see how real this is. My sister got saved. My brother got saved. My mom, my uncle, we're going to see. And what happens is you thought somewhere along the way they were like everybody else. No, no, no. They didn't have a little sprinkle. They didn't have a little touch. They got converted by the power of God. They're a testimony. You saw their walk and when you saw their walk it changed your life think about these words in Luke 14 34 he says this salt is good but if the salt has lost its savor how shall it be seasoned if it is neither fit for the land, nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Did you notice this now? This is the gospel of Luke. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. But did you notice this morning that Luke explains salt being used for two things. He said, it's no good for the land and no good for the dunghill. But when you read it in Matthew... All it says is you are the salt of the earth. See the little problem with that? The problem with that is this, is that when you read something and it doesn't exactly tell you what it is, then you put your own interpretation and your own defining of it. But you know, I thank God for the book of Luke because Luke, Luke said, no, no, hold on. You're the salt of the earth. 
And the Bible says that if you're the salt of the earth, if you are not careful, and if you lose your saltiness, then you cannot affect the land, and you cannot affect the dung. He is telling you and telling me we are more than just people walking around. No, no, no. We are salt. And my life has the power to change the world around me. Look at this church. He tells them they use for salt. And what happens, the Son of God is trying to illustrate. He's trying to make the salty believer understand the profound effects that we can have the world around us. Look at the salt believer, secondly. Now, let me give you a little history to understand salt on the salty believer. I had the privilege many years ago to be able to travel over to Israel. I went on that trip with Pastor Campbell and Pastor Royce Kablaski. And we went to Israel and what they do is they take you on a tour. And one of the stops that they take you to is they take you to the Dead Sea. Well, the Dead Sea has so much salt in it. Is there anybody in here who cannot swim? Raise your hand. If you can't swim, go to Israel, jump in the Red Sea, and you'll never drown. It has so much salt, you float. So what they did, let me tell you the history about the, about the sea and about the salt. See, because what they would do, they would get a mixture, and a salt collector would go, and he would gather up salt by the shore. And what happened, they would gather up salt for two reasons. Check this out. They would gather up salt for two reasons for the land and for the dunghill. So when they would grab their mixture normally, it was 20% salt and solution. It was not pure sodium chloride. It was a mixture of various salts. One of the main ingredients was potassium chloride, but it was also called potash. If you are a gardener this morning and you work with plants and understand something, you know that every plant would need three kinds of fertilizer. Phosphate to develop the roots, nitrate to develop the leaves, and potash to develop the flowers and the fruit. In other words, all three of those combined together with salt gave them a balanced fertilizer, and it would include all three. Think about this. That means that this young man or whoever would go and collect salt, he would go by the house of people, men and women, and he would sell salt to them. They would take that salt that they bought and they would use it for one thing first, for the land. They would go to a tree or to a plant. They would dig around it. When they would dig around it, they would take the salt out of the box, put it around, then cover it up. And that all mixture together then would cause a reaction of growth. Somebody say growth. Now all of a sudden the root would come strong. Then all of a sudden now, the branches would have strength. Then the leaves would begin to blossom and begin to go out. All simply by the use of salt and this mixture. I read that. I said, God, now I understand, God, your revelation, God, about we are the salt of the earth, God. God, that wherever I am, God, and wherever I go, God, I can cause growth, God. I can cause strength, God. I can cause a breakout of revival. 
You are the salt of the earth. That means that who you are, not just talking, who you are as a salt, have the power to carry a far-reaching effect. I think about that. I thank God for my wife, Nicole. My wife, Nicole, has followed me so far. Everywhere I've traveled, wherever God has called me. Every time we went, we didn't know what God would do. We didn't know how God was going to help us. But I had a confidence that, hold on, God, as long, God, as I am walking a real walk, God, then I am the salt of the earth. Nicole is a piece of salt, and I am a piece of salt, God. You can give us revival by the Holy Ghost. Wherever we go, God, you can place us there, God. And out of our lives, God, cause Holy Ghost revival. We're the salt of the earth. But now check this out. Because what the Bible is saying that our salt has a positive effect that can cause things to begin to happen on a good sense. But the Bible says for the land and for the dunghill. Let me explain this to you. Back in Bible days, they would have a heap of dirt. They didn't have toilets like you and I have. So what they would do is they would go to use the bathroom. When they would go to use the bathroom, they would sit, do their business. When they were done, every bathroom had a box. Somebody say a box right next to them. They would get done, do their business. They would go inside the box, grab the salt, and they would throw it on the dung. That's what dung is, the dung hill. Y'all were like, Pastor, what's dung hill? Now y'all feeling me now. So what happened is they would have this and then they would take that salt and they would throw it on the dunghill and what the salt would do, it would stop the spread of any bacteria. That means that when they put that salt on there, it would immediately begin to cause an effect and cause all that to stop and come to a screeching halt. Now you think about that. When the Son of God says, Hector Ortiz, Nicole Ortiz, Men and women of God, those who profess the name of the Son of God, do you realize the power you carry with inside yourself? You are the salt of the earth. You have the power to step into a place and the demonic is at work and you can stop the bacteria of hell. You can stop hell trying to move here. Stop hell trying to move there. You're salt. I want to tell you something. Your real walk with God will demonstrate if it's real. I want to tell you something. People know if you have a real walk with God. Your workplace knows if you have a real walk with God. Your neighbor knows if you go to church or you have a real walk with God. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. You know why? Because what happens, it's more now than just talking. See, salt don't talk. Salt does. It blows my mind about people. You know, you know what happens? You can go into a workplace. People in there carrying on. They're swearing or they're saying dirty jokes or they're saying things they shouldn't be talking about. And what's amazing, if you are real salt, you'll walk in that room and they'll see you coming. They go, hey, brother, let's not talk like that. Brother so-and-so just showed up. Did you realize that? 
See, what happens is they go, hold on. That sister is saved and born again. That brother is saved and born. They are the real deal. They're not just a talker, but they are a walker. It's amazing. You can shut a room down because they begin to have a sense of respect and honor because they understand what you believe and what you stand for. The bacteria of sin, the bacteria of hell comes to a screeching halt. And what's amazing, here's a good check for you. If it doesn't happen with nobody around you, that's because they realize you're not the real deal. Hello. Because if you can walk into a room and they're telling dirty jokes and carrying on, it's probably because have you joked and laughed with them about your dirty jokes? And you tell them, I go to church, I go to church, and they have no, 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 no respect for you? You're trying to wonder, Pastor, I don't understand. If I'm the salt of the earth, why can I cause an explosion of growth? And why can I not cause things to stop? Because let me tell you something. It's not about coming to a building. It's about Jesus Christ coming into your heart and forgiving your sins. Oh, I'm not saying this morning that we ought to not come together and gather. Yes, we should. The Bible says forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. But let me tell you something. Your real walk with God is going to demonstrate that you are a believer. And everybody will know if you have a real walk with God. What does that mean? You can't play churchy-churchy. That means you can't be in here, young lady, young man, young lady, in here worshiping God and glorifying God. And then on Monday through Saturday, you're having sex outside of marriage with your boyfriend. It can't mean you're here, young lady or young man. Hey, pastor, I'm serving God. And then you're going to leave service and hook up with Hoochie Mama. It's not going to be, hey, hey, you know, I'm serving God on Sunday. But on Monday and Friday, I party, I drink and smoke and have a good time. No, no, no. Walk the walk. You know what it's done? It has messed up the world today. Now they don't even know who is saved and who's not saved. Everybody knows how to quote a scripture and give a word. Please shut your scripture down and put your word away. Show me you can walk for God. Lord have mercy. I'm getting hot up here. <laughs> My temperature's rising. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something that's real. See, when your life demonstrates a real walk with God, it impacts the world around you. You're not one person in church and somebody else on Facebook. I want to question. Would you invite me to the friends that you hang around? And then when I go and hang out with you with your friends and I go, I said, man, brother, I said, these people are, are way in the world. I, I can believe in witnessing to them. I can believe in sharing the love of God with them. I said, but man, they're, they're way out there and, the, and what they do and how they talk, all these things. How come they feel comfortable around you? Because you ain't salty. You ever been cut? And salt falls in that cut. When you're salty, when you speak it, it, gets, it irritates them. 
I had a young, it blows my mind. But, oh, yeah, pastor. Y'all, no, but if, invite me and let's see. Because let's tell the truth. When you become born again and saved full of the Holy Ghost, people choose two things. Either to hang around you or not be around you. I'm not talking about hating on friends, hating on people, hating on family. How many know you're going to have your family around? But I don't compromise with my family. I don't go around my family and be one way around my family and then one way in church. No, no. Who I am here is who I am there. That's the walk of God. I remember I had a young man in my church. Loved this young man dearly. He was leading song service. And this young man says, man, pastor, I'm having a struggle. I'm having a trouble. I'm having a lot of pressure. People are putting pressure on me. Guys are putting pressure on me. Girls are putting pressure on me. I'm having a hard time serving God. I said, man, make a stand for God. I said, they have to know what you believe. I said, when you begin to draw the line, they will take a step back and begin to respect your God. You know what happens? I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to try to be a good pastor. I want to help this young man. So I'm going to pay him a surprise visit at school. So I show up. I check in. Yeah, teenager, I showed up at school. Unannounced. So I go to the lunchroom. He's sitting there. He doesn't see me. He's way back there. I see him, and there's about four or five guys, and they're having a laugh and having a good time. I'm like, wow, they're having an incredible time. So I'm coming. They don't see me. I started passing when I was 23 years old, so I looked like a teenager then too. So I'm going, and I'm walking to him. I'm coming there. I got my tackies on. You know, I got my jeans on, you know. I ain't sagging, though, but I got my clothes on. And I walk in there, and he's there. He's going, and I walk up behind him. And I hear out their laugh, but I can hear what they're talking about is unclean. So I sit right next to him. I put my arm around him. I say, hey, hey, hey how you doing? I call his name. He's like, he turned blood red. <laughs> and I go, hey, guys, I want to ask you, has brother so-and-so ever told y'all about Jesus Christ, the son of God, who has the power to forgive man's sin? They're like, who is this? Oh, that's my pastor. I said, oh, you didn't know that Sean goes to church. Sean gave his life to Christ. Sean became... They're shocked because this is the first time they've ever heard it. It's amazing. I wonder if you've ever wondered if your life has the power to be sought. You, what you ought to do is check yourself before you wreck yourself. See, it mattered to God that you were sought. My family watched me. My friends watched me. I shared my testimony with some of you when I got saved. I got saved when I was 21 years old in the United States Army. I was, listen to me, I was having a good time doing my own thing. And they used to call me Rico. My nickname was Rico. Because I was from Puerto Rico. So what happened is they would see me and, and, and I got saved on a Wednesday night. And what happens at this time, Nicole, she's in Korea. Me and Nicole not even married yet. I could be in America doing my thing, whatever I want to do. But no, no, I got saved. What happened is I'm there and these men come up to me on the Thursday. And they're going to invite me out to go to the club on Friday. I'm underneath the vehicle. I'm, I'm working. I'm on a creeper. They call it a creeper. You're underneath the vehicle working. And they come to me and I can see the feet of four men coming. Two, four, six, eight, four. Oh, Lord, they're coming. And they're walking. I know it's my friends. I'm underneath the vehicle. I don't want to come out. I'm praying. God, this is my chance. I've got to make a stand. 
They tap on the creeper. I'm like, what's up? Rico, come out. Rico, come out. I crawl out. I sit up. They go, Rico, what's up? It's Friday. It's Friday. Uh-huh. I'm like, huh? And they go, come on, Rico, the ladies, baby. The ladies, baby. Come on, Rico, the ladies. I said, no. I got saved on Wednesday night. I didn't just go to church. I gave my life. I'm going to walk this walk with Jesus Christ. I made a stand. And they started mocking me. Oh, you done got a holy on us now. They did that to me. They're trying to mock me, ridicule me that I got saved. But I didn't care. I said, God, I want my life to make a difference, God. I want men to see, women to see, God. You are Lord in my life, not just how I talk. You can come to church and still bust hell wide open. I learned something in South Africa. I was giving a new believers class, a new foundations class. And I was explaining the new foundations class about being born again, what the Bible has to say about it. While I'm giving that class, there were several people in there that says, Pastor, I want to ask you a question. Because to be born again, is it to be a Christian? And I said, it's supposed to be in the, in the, in the class. They said, Pastor, we need a little clarity. Reason why we need clarity is because in South Africa, you fall under two categories. I said, what do you mean? They go, no, 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 Pastor, in South Africa, if you're a Christian, the opposite would be Muslim. If you're not a Muslim, then you're a Christian. I said, what do you mean? They go, Pastor, like this. If you point at that house and you go, who lives there? Is that a, no, no, that's a Christian house. That's a Muslim house. That's a Christian house, a Muslim house. I said, what? Yeah, yeah, pastor, either you're Christian or you're Muslim. I said, oh, I got to break this down. I said, because this is a problem. It is not about saying I am a Christian in a Christian house. No, no, no. You have to walk the walk to profess to be a Christian. And people in the day were out. No, 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 pastor. Oh, they're Christian. Oh, no, no, I'm a Christian. And you meet them on outreach. Begin to witness, begin to speak to them about God. No, no, brother, it's fine. I'm a Christian. But nothing about their life displays Christ-likeness. That's what it is to be a Christian. I want to tell you something this morning. If you were here this morning and you were not saved and not born again, oh, pastor, I'm not on the other side. I'm a Christian who live in a Christian house. No, no, no. If you claim the name of the Son of God, your life will display a walk with God. So I had to break it down. I said, we don't say, I'm just a Christian. We say, I am born again. See, being born again is the old use past and you use come. See, Jesus Christ was concerned about this. Check this out, church. See, the other element of the salt was getting out of the box. You know, we've gone through this pandemic, but how many know we can still evangelize? Hello? But you know, evangelism don't take place inside of a building. See, what happens is salt would go like this. They would take the salt out of the box the box has one, two, three, 
four walls. And when they take the salt out of the box and they throw it on the land or on the dunghill, then it has its work begins to take place. What that means this morning, if you and I are saved and born again, and we are the salt of the earth, it does you no good. It does me no good to stay inside these four walls. The salt belongs outside the box. You got to rise. You don't let this pandemic paralyze you. You can be in the shop. You can be in the promenade. You can be here. You can be here everywhere. You can sit down and eat with family and friends. But God can't get nothing out of the salt. No, no, no. We need to be there. Come on now. How many are with me now? I want to tell you the victory is won. Not in the box, outside the box. I want to close with this. Because most people would understand that if they want the flavor of something to change, they just add more salt. And sometimes you can taste food and it needs some salt, so you add it and you put it in. And there's different types of salt, regular salt, and then there's pink Himalayan salt. You ever heard of those salts? They're a little different. Well, they say with pink Himalayan salt, it's just a little bit better quality. Do you know this morning that Jesus was not just concerned about the amount of salt. People say they are. He's concerned more about the quality than the quantity. Let me break that down for you. I would rather go to heaven with a few folks than go to hell with a whole multitude of people. Quality matters to God. Look at this as I'm closing. You can't help but to ask yourself the question. When Jesus made the statement, if the salt has lost its savor. Because the reason why you have to ask yourself a question it's because if you know anything about potassium chloride, which is a salt, you can cut it, break it, crush it, and you will never be able to take out the saltiness. If that is true, then why is the Son of God saying that the salt has lost its savor? He's saying something has gone wrong with the potency and the power and the effect that salt can bring. I'm going to tell you what happened. Remember I told you earlier about the salt collector? So the salt collector would go and collect salt. He would go and collect that salt and sometimes he would collect more sand than salt and he would mix it and he would go to the house and he would sell it to women and men and then men would go dig around the plant put it in and then they would go to the tree and say what's wrong why ain't the tree blossoming why is not the roots getting stronger why are not the leaves coming forth and what happened they would discover 
that the salt was mixed too much with the sand. And when there was too much of a mix going on with the salt, the salt lost its power. They would go to the dunghill and they would see the bacteria beginning to spread all through the yard. They said something has gone wrong with the salt. It has lost its potency. And let me tell you what happens to believers. When you allow yourself to profess the name of Jesus and become salt, and you allow the world to mix with you, you lose your potency. Jesus was concerned. You are the salt of the earth. I need you to be real. And I need you to have a real walk with God. Now look at this. The Bible says in scripture in Luke. The Bible says this. It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. You know what happened there? That when they discovered that it wasn't no good, they couldn't use it. So then they take the salt that's left over, look church, and then they throw it in the streets. Now the salt that's thrown in the street, did you hear what the Bible says? Then they throw it in the streets, and in another text it says, and men trample it underfoot. Did you hear that? What a mockery and what a shame to the salt of the earth that when the salt of the earth should have the power to bring conviction, that when the salt of the earth should have the power to change the lives around them, that the Bible says now that salt is trampled. When we should be walking over hell, hell walks over us. It's thrown out and I saw the trample. That's you and I. Let me ask you a question. Are you feeling trampled on? Are you feeling like you've lost dominion? Are you feeling like you're struggling back and forth? Then check your saltiness, brother. Check your saltiness, sister. Because the Bible says, you and I are the salt of the earth. Can you hear the heart cry? God said, I need you like you don't understand to be real as they come or we're going to lose the battle. What a shame. There's older men and women here who can remember this. Can y'all remember? Years ago, the respect that men and women had for the church. Can you remember this years ago when you were younger? Can you remember when someone said, hey, that's a pastor. There was an honor. Can you remember those days? Can you remember the days when they said, hey, these people are serving God. They had a respect. Can you remember the days when they would shut a Sunday down and it was about God? As time has went on, you know what's happened? Because preachers have lied and haven't been real. 
people in the church proclaim to be saved and act one way in church and act one way when they leave out the church building. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, preacher, you know. No, no, you, you got to preach the gospel right. No, no, no. I only, pre- I only preach the gospel one way. The truth, nothing but the truth, and the whole truth. See, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm not going to water down the gospel to appease somebody out there. No, no, preacher, give me what I need. No, no, no. The doctor gets to give you what you need. You don't tell him what you need. See, when you come into God's atmosphere, oh, God, deal with my heart. Holy Ghost, convict me, God. Have I lost my saltiness, God? Or am I? Not even born again. I know about church. I know about Jesus. I can tell you a couple of scriptures. I can post a couple of scriptures. But those scriptures in my life have no connection. Because a real walk with God is not what you say. It is what you are. I want every head bowed, every eye closed quickly.